from Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Navipod with special guest, Will Noon. And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to Feliz Navipod. My name's Tony Thaxton. With me, as always, is Rigby. Boom. Maybe the best one yet, Riggs. Maybe the best one yet. Thanks for listening. I've been Tony Thaxton. That's been Rigby. Have I done that before? I think I did. I didn't plan this out, all right? Uh, But what I did plan, my old buddy, Will Noon. William, 12 p.m. He plays in the band Fun. He plays drums for Allison Weiss, past guest Allison Weiss. Sounds like a drum hog to me. But, uh, no, he's he's great. He's going to stop by. I haven't seen him in a bit, so uh, he's going to come by, and we're going to uh, have a little talk. And I don't think he likes Christmas very much. So this might get uncomfortable. Uh, but we know he's coming by. Rigby, are you going to be cool? Don't freak out when he shows up? No. Promise? No. Don't believe you. But uh, he literally should be coming by at any point now. But in the meantime, let's talk about something important. Valentine's Day. If you abbreviate that, what does it make? VD. And... Not in the VD. All right. Shut up, Rigby. You said you were going to be cool. Let me go. Let Will. 12 p.m. Inside. Hey, Will Noon. Well, hello, Tony Come on in. Get out of this brisk California day. It's actually very nice out. It is very nice out today. Wait, I don't think I've ever said it out loud to you, but is it pronounced Thaxton? It is. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's obvious in a certain sense, but I wasn't sure. What did you... Did you, what, what else would it be? I, d- I don't know. It just... I said it, and there was a certain hint of fear because it was the first time right. I had ever said it. And I was like, wait a second. I hope that's right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And you didn't... So you, did your brain never even go to Tony Braxton then? Oh, know? it did. Okay. It did All several right. times. Okay. I figured. It's actually, in the studio with Allison Weiss, we named a part. The, the Braxton. The Braxton. See, I never heard that version of it. I always heard it was just called the Thaxton. No, because it, yeah, it, well, it reminded us of your playing. Uh huh. And somehow that, of course, it went evolved to, to the Braxton. Yeah. What, uh, I, yeah, I heard about this before. Oh, yeah. Explain. I want to hear more details on this because I never really uh-huh. heard exactly what this was. Well, yeah. Um, I, I moved out to Los Angeles about a year ago. So I think it was December of 2013. Really? It's yeah. been that long already? I didn't yeah. realize it's been that long. Yeah, I've been out here for about a year. And uh, Adam, do you know Adam Criscow? I don't know if I okay. do. Um, Who is that? He uh, Adam plays drums for Tegan and Sarah. Okay. So I, I do met not him. Know him. He's a New York guy, I guess. And he's been touring with them for a couple of years. And I met him when they were opening for fun like, uh-huh. last summer. He's awesome. Good, good guy. Great drummer. And we had a blast. We hung out and nerded out all the time. 
And he put me in touch with Allison Weiss, who had just moved from New York to L.A. as well, right around the same time. And she moved yeah. her whole band, except the drummer. He, mm-hmm. For some reason, he didn't make it out. He didn't come out. And uh, Adam had played shows with her back in the day. Anyway, so yeah, so I hung out with her, met her. It was great. We, we hit it off, and she was recording an EP, so I went in to do a couple of songs. And there was just one part that we sort of came up with, and it was sort of uh, your, your playing style, as far as I assess. It's, it's, it's like sometimes can be busy, but not like proggy or anything. Uh-huh. But it's, it's very articulate. Things are kind of like sharp and articulate. There's a lot of like definition to the, to the playing. And there was a part that reminded us of kind of something that you would do. And there was like a, some Tommy stuff and a bell thrown in and, you know, like that kind uh-huh. of thing, like a yeah. little accent here and there. And uh, yeah, that became nice. the part that was the Thaxton to the Braxton. To, yeah. Nice. I'm flattered. Thank you. Yep. The, uh, I like that you called it that and not the Damon Atkinson. Oh, um, right. Because <laughs> I feel like if I do those kind of things, then everyone it r- right. says that I'm ripping him off. Right, right, so. right. I yeah. can see that, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And I'll I'll fully admit it. He's, you know, kind yeah, of Damon's my favorite awesome. drummer. So Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh you uh you know, I talked to Allison right around that time as well. Oh. Did you know this? You stole that gig right out from under me. Oh no. I didn't <laughs> no, I didn't really, know that no. you spoke with her. But I, I did I I didn't even know exactly what I was thinking, like where I was with life really. Right. And uh Someone, I think it was Beth, our old merch girl, Beth. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think she had shown me like uh, an ad or something that Allison had posted about like needing a drummer for just like a short tour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't want a tour, but it was like, it was, I think it was just like a West Coast run for like a week or right. something. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to her and was just like, I'm possibly like, it's, it's short enough. Like right. I would maybe be down to, to do this. And that, yeah, I, I wasn't, uh, I, we'd never met or anything at that point. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. That Then I think it ended up working out that the tour that she did, she ended up not even be able to take a band at all anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was, the, I was the sa- in the same position. That's what Adam had suggested I reach out to her for. Uh-huh. And it was the thing where, I, you know, she was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like, we should do this. And then at some point, uh, funds management said, oh, wait, I'm I'm really sorry, but we have some stuff going on during that time period. You have to, you, you can't do it. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, I was kind of, that's my main gig and I had to, you know, stick right. to that. So I had to break the news to Allison and she was all bummed. And then I guess it within like 24, maybe 48 hours, I found out that the fun thing had fallen, you know, had gotten canceled. So I got the go ahead to go back and they were like, oh, we're so sorry if you had to cancel and if they found someone else and blah, blah, blah. And then I went back to Allison and she was like, yeah, we found somebody. And I was like, Oh, and then like, the next day or later that day, she found out that she couldn't actually take uh-huh. anyone. Yeah. So it was kind of just a funny series of things that didn't matter in the end because no right. one went. Yeah. 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 That's. Uh, but you've been playing. So you. But you started playing with her shortly after that, then, right? Yeah. Or yeah. She. That was. That was like just a a week or two on, like you said, on the West Coast, and then it was after that that she recorded an EP, uh-huh. and I think three of the songs had drums on them there was like one cover acoustic thing and then maybe one other song yeah um so we had uh yeah yeah so we were we just we got along in that sort of can i come on tour with you maybe no yes yes no uh Uh you know so when it came down to record she asked me to to come in nice she's great she's awesome yeah and yeah and then yeah so i did that i played a couple of shows with her locally Uh and then i did a like a two-week run out to the fest 
uh-huh. in Florida yeah. with her. Nice. And she's awesome. Like, yeah. great player, I, great person. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I wasn't that familiar. I knew of her, but I wasn't really familiar. And then through all that, I kind of checked it out and really ended up liking it. She ended up coming and doing the podcast. That was actually the first we'd even met. Right, right. And uh, yeah, I really, uh, I really like her a lot. Yeah, she's awesome. I yes. love her to death. Her and her whole crew. I don't know if you've met through people. I mean, I've seen you at her house. Yeah, party, I've, so. I've met, I've, you know, at least I've oh. met others briefly. Yeah, jo- at Joanna. I mean, I guess it all, for me, it all comes from Adam Criscow. Um, but everybody I've met through them, uh, like, is just amazing people. Just great people, great players, like great bands, people that aren't in bands. Like, just everyone's super nice. It's just like one of the most legit, like, I always felt like I never had a click. Yeah, since maybe high school, right? Throughout, you know, once I got out of high school, I never had that like one core group. I always like picked a few people from different areas, and sometimes it was awkward like getting a group of friends together because they weren't in the same groups. Mm-hmm. I totally, but this yeah, is the I first that. time that I've like been invited to a situation that is someone else's group of friends, and I like every single one of them. Yeah, you know, I feel comfortable and like right. It's it's a pretty cool. I don't know why I'm talking so much about Allison's friends, but <laughs> yes. What would you like to tell us about Allison? If anyone, friends? if anyone wants to know, Allison has a really good group of friends. <laughs> I highly recommend joining. Yeah, getting that click. I mean, the membership dues are not that bad. No, it's, no, it's, 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 it's totally reasonable. reasonable. I like it. I'm gonna look into this. I mean, between Netflix and your gym membership, you know, your monthly, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's honestly, yeah. It's I just a deal. did the free trial the night I was invited to that party. Right, yeah. right. So, but I, I did enjoy it. I've been yeah. thinking about joining. But. I highly recommend it. All right. Memberships has a, <laughs> membership has its privileges. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so what what did you end up? Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I didn't realize it's already been over a year since you've been out here. Because I knew you came out here. Uh, was there something in particular that brought you out here? Well, um, I was I was dating a girl at the time, and she was living in Austin. I was living in Philly, and I had this. I knew I had this year coming up that was going to be off, like total downtime. Yeah, and we had discussed moving to the same city, and it was like I, I didn't necessarily want to go to Austin, and she didn't necessarily want to go to Philly, and I kind of threw out the idea and said, Hey, New York, LA or Nashville are three places where I know a bunch of people and it would make sense for me to have a year off in a place where people are doing session work. They're doing studio work. They're touring crew. Like half of the crew that I've been touring with for the past two years is in this Nashville based. Yeah. So I could drop in there and obviously LA, I have a ton of friends out here. Um, and it's just LA worked out. She got a gig out here. She does sell. She did say, or she guess she did, still does sales. We're no longer dating, but yeah. she still does sales stuff. Um, so she got a sales territory out here, and we came out, and I really enjoyed it. So after we broke up, I just stayed. Yeah, I was kind of similar thing for me. I initially, I mean, I had other reasons for coming out, but a big reason was a girl at the right. time, and it it eventually it didn't work out. We're still again, we're still friends. Everything's cool, but yeah, I once I was out here, I was like, I like it here. I yeah. I don't want. I'm staying. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. I guess t- from touring, I thought. What L.A. was like the yeah. L.A. thing was the Hollywood thing. Yeah, that's West Hollywood such, and Hollywood. I'm, I'm convinced that anyone that says they hate Los Angeles is because they have just gone to all of the wrong places. Right, and and as a musician, you cannot blame them because it's always the yeah. Roxy or or House the, of Blues, the House of Blues, or the Troubadour, or things like that. It's all Hollywood, <laughs> West Hollywood, and Beverly Hills. Yeah. Or if you're like label or if you're booking agent, it's like all the meetings you have to take and all the things mm-hmm. that you do when you're in LA, whether you're doing like TV shows, like 
um, you know, whatever it is, it's so centric to that. And I personally just, once I started to go to the east side a little bit more, uh-huh. and I guess from touring, you end up in Silver Lake and Echo Park a little bit. Yeah. But I just, I've had such a good time exploring like Glassell Park and Highland Park and Eagle Rock and mm-hmm. things further west. Yeah, uh, further totally. east. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like for years, like 90% of the time I would be out here on tour, I'd be at the House of Blues on Sunset. And right. like, when do you ever go to that area? It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, it's the worst. It's a mess. Which is funny that I say this because right now I'm dog sitting and like a house sitting and I'm a block from the House of Blues. Uh-huh. So it's, but whatever. It's It sucks, but yeah, that's where I am right now. It sucks. That's, just, right. that's just what it is. There's no yeah. other, it just sucks. I know. I, I somehow, even even in like the early times that I came to LA, I feel like, you know, was in those areas and I still, I don't know, I think I got caught up in the hype. Like even though it was, it's those areas are what they are, I feel like I still kind of was just like, oh, I'm in LA and it's just kind of like you haven't been there before. So it's kind of exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And, no, uh, the, there's all these venues, you know what I mean? And yeah. there's just people everywhere, the people things, watching. And, yeah, and things you've like always seen on, on TV and yeah. movies for your whole life, and you just see them in person, and it's yeah. just, it's like really cool. But then, yeah, you spend more time here, and you're like, oh, yeah, that, those are just... It's like a very plastic Disneyland-esque yeah. like, theme park, and everything's like, you know, fake and plastic and painted. And, but yeah. yeah, not a good place to live. The but, surrounding area is great. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's the thing. I, I actually have started riding motorcycles a lot the past couple of years. And in Philly, it was, you know, I, summers, you know, I would be able to ride. Uh-huh. But uh, moving out here, I've just been on the bike all the time. And it's it's unreal that I yeah. can ride every single day. Yeah, this and is then, February is the worst month everywhere else. And right. it's, what, 73 today, I think? Yeah, I went yeah. hiking this morning and then I rode my motorcycle up here. Yeah. And not and like so New bad. York, all my friends in New York were like, oh, "Our flight was canceled tomorrow morning because we're getting more snow." And mm-hmm. I'm like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just there's, there's like the hiking nearby the beach, which again, the beach is another thing. I feel like that you think of that as very LA, but then if you get here and you become an East Side sort of person, you never go. To oh the no, beach. I don't. I'm, I'm not really a beach guy, anyways. Yeah, I don't oh. ever go. Right. I I love the beach personally. I absolutely love it. Uh, I just love you know just whether it's swimming or just like walking around with as little clothing on as possible like and it's acceptable there <laughs> yeah let's uh, talk about how little you wore over here today i mean it's not some it's not the safest on the motorcycle but but you look good that's yeah, all that matters exactly yeah. a little more aerodynamic at times i understand um but yeah the yeah the, the beach is something that we have access to but if you fall into the either valley or east side you never do it yeah you never go nope never it's unfortunate, but it just doesn't yeah. happen. But it becomes one of those things where it's still kind of exciting when you do actually see the ocean then. Like mm-hmm. you I, I always I just forget how close we are. Right. Like if I have a flight out of LAX or something, I quick I forget like how it's just like seconds after you leave the ground you see the ocean. Right. Well oh, yeah. some of the some of the hikes that I've been doing, like when we get to the top of either Griffith uh, or the Wisdom Tree hike. It's if it's a decently clear day, we can always see. The really, ocean. you've seen it from Griffith? Yeah, I've well, never I, seen that from Griffith. I because I just did Wisdom Tree today, and maybe I'm thinking of Wisdom Tree. But where's that? I don't even know that. One. Wisdom Tree is off Barham Boulevard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right off the 101 Barham. Yeah. Um, I forget what road it is. Actually, it is. I think it's Lake Hollywood Drive, <laughs> which okay. is a good. You know, if you want to take a touristy, you know, a friend in town to see the Hollywood sign, you can get actually to a good spot like on the road 
right across from it. Uh-huh. But yeah, if you take that and you kind of get to a spot, you can just hike up. And it's, it's a really great hike. It's pretty short, but it's pretty intense as far as the elevation. Yeah. You're like constantly going up. Yeah. And then at the top, there's a really great plateau and there's this one tree like kind of isolated by itself. And the story goes that uh, whatever wildfires there were in those hills, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was five or 10 or 15 years ago, but ev- apparently everything burned except this one tree. And it's like the lone survivor. Um, so there are these like those like military boxes, like the ammunition boxes, you know, that people keep like guitar pedals and stuff. Yeah, in. yeah. Probably makes no sense to anyone who's not a musician, right. but there are these <laughs> little. You. you can go to an army surplus store and buy these little ammunition metal containers. Anyway, so a couple of those and like little boxes are around the tree, and people like leave notes for the tree. Okay. It's a really weird thing, but I don't know how it started. But apparently, you can either, you know ask the tree something and you write down this note and you leave it there and it's like a little custom that people have started doing there's like notebooks filled with messages and people just like thanking the tree for being there for being a cool spot that they could enjoy with their friends because they're like, say for being a cool tree hey, thanks man. for being a cool tree thanks for being cool all these other trees total dicks yeah but you man you're you cool got it. you got it you should think about hanging out with allison weiss <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that tree is already in the maybe so yeah look at the next party look closely well, I, I was up there today with Allison and Joanna. and mm, See? It's all coming together. That's how I met the tree, actually. <laughs> Legitimately, I met it through Allison and Joanna. So the so. tree was in before you. Yeah. Yeah. He's got seniority. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't even heard of that. I knew nothing of this cool tree. Oh, it's awesome. I like it a lot. <laughs> and we usually do like a sunset hike, and I feel like there's like a week or two that go by that all my Instagram feed, like the stuff that I post is like just sunsets, which... Uh-huh. I look back and I'm like, that's really stupid. Like people post too many dumb pictures of food and sunsets. Luckily, yeah. I don't do food, yeah, ever. But I I do get suckered into the sunsets. Yeah, Sorry. sometimes you get you know you get in that moment and you're like, it's nice at the moment, and then you look back and then you're like, yeah, well, that was boring. Didn't yeah. need that. Sometimes we all act a little basic. It happens. We're all human. Yeah. Um. So what is uh. What's what is going on with with fun right now? I know it's kind of been a while since uh... it's been way too long. Um, yeah, yeah the, nothing is really going on. Everybody's been super busy with individual projects. Um, Jack has been doing bleachers yeah. for the past year, basically since we stopped because he is like just like a maniac. He's a machine. Uh-huh. Um, he, I think that I mean a lot of he has a lot of nervous energy, but he's so creative and so intelligent and like so talented um, that he just needs to constantly produce. Uh, and I don't mean like be a producer, but like create. Yeah, he has. Right. There's got to be output. Something's got to be happening. Uh huh. Um, so he's been super busy with that, and that's gone better than anyone. Uh, no, I don't want to say expected, but it's it's been going really, really w- well. It's it's phenomenal. So, um, so he's been super busy, and Andrew, the keyboard player, has been uh-huh. scoring a lot of stuff. He did a, I guess there was an MTV show, and then he did this indie film. Um, I actually went in and did just like an afternoon of of percussion and drums for him at uh-huh. one point. Uh, and then Nate, the singer, has been working on some solo stuff, which I guess oh, really? is coming out pretty soon. Um, so hopefully that'll pick back up and be a little busier. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you know much about his solo record? Like, is it like a whole like different kind of thing? or is uh, he... Well, I've, I actually, I was in the studio for a couple of songs. Uh-huh. Um, I played on a little bit of it. Um, he's doing it with the same guys that did the last fun record, producer like Jeff Basker and Emil. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I think... Again, not being there for most of it, I can't speak to it exactly, but I think it's going to be a very similar, uh, you know, thematically as far as like using 
more of the i guess the pop hip-hop influence as far as the production style mm-hmm. um doing like grabbing old you know breaks from records like that sort of stylistic um but anyway so i was in a few days and from what the songs that i've heard are awesome yeah that dude um, is real talented yeah i mean yeah that's the thing i was just talking to somebody about it um just saying that like the the first format record like had hits mm-hmm. just like amazing catchy yeah like, I, well not just like cheesy catchy like most people when they're like 18 or 20 or something can somehow like get away with writing like bubblegummy like corny catchy stuff yeah but he was just like writing these mature great pop songs yeah and i know i loved that band yeah and then and you know they dealt with the major label nonsense and they got like pushed around and then dropped yeah and then i think the reaction to that was to write this like sort of grandiose thing which became dog problems uh-huh. which was amazing in a, yeah, you know, in a different way um yeah so to me he's been writing like hit songs for 10 years yeah and does he even play anything not well okay no but so what, how do, what's his sorry now it's turning into tell me about nate but yeah. i'm just curious if, like what is his process to write a song then? i mean i don't you know for better or for worse I, i'm not really in that side of it too much because okay. i'm just like the touring drummer i mean yeah th- they've been awesome about for the since day one they've been great about keeping the three of us that aren't in the band like close like it's very familial it, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like we're ever the help you know yeah. they never talk down to us like we're always on the same bus and on the same flights and um, like it, it's it's pretty awesome but um that's cool but yeah but not having been there and for a lot of the writing writing um it, it's just impressive that i can tell from what little I've been exposed to is that he really, Nate can picture everything in his head and he can sing mm-hmm. you the parts of the different instruments and he knows when there are horn stabs or when there uh-huh. are swells of things. And, you know, he can kind of give you an idea of the drums and like, he doesn't know the language precisely. Like okay. he can't tell me that to play a four stroke rough or he can't probably can't say like, Oh, and you know, a suspended chord, but he can like sing you a part and right. You, you can tell that it's all there. He's yeah. not just making it up. Like, it's all, like, registered. And, like, he, I think he's one of those people that, like, can create something just in his brain. Yeah, I've always I've always been fascinated by those guys. Because, uh, you know, you like, singers. Because I, I feel like... I feel like maybe, like, Michael Jackson was kind of that way, too. Because as far as I know, he didn't really play anything. Right. But he wrote most of those songs, I think. Right. And, yeah, it's just a, I can't wrap my head around how you do that. Right. Yeah, for me, if I'm creating anything, which, you know, is not a pretty sight, but <laughs> I I really need to, like, get something down and then become the next person. Yeah. And then create and work around that and totally. sort of jam me with too. myself in that sense. Mm-hmm. I can't have 10 people in my head playing a song. Like, yeah. I can't. I can't layer it that way. Yeah. I, mean, I, I might like have like a idea that starts that way, but then when I go to try and figure out, it becomes a whole other thing. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, the result is not the, uh, what was intended generally. Yeah. That's a weird translation from like thought to reality. Yeah. Um, so how crazy has that been for you? Cause when you joined, when you started playing with them, they were still, I mean, they were doing well, but it, it didn't, it wasn't, what it became right Right. it was it was like reasonable well like yeah well in the sense that most of us had either experienced it or played those venues and yeah yeah yeah. the first tour i did with them because you you toured with them once or twice yeah we took them out in like 2010 i think yeah they were opening for us at that point yeah yeah so when by the time i came in it was the last rec it was the last tour headlining tour on the first record aiming ignite 
and uh, and they were doing really well. Like I did a couple of college shows, like a fly date in Salt Lake City, and then something in Princeton, I think. Um, and the shows were great, college shows that were well uh-huh. attended. And then the tour that we did was anywhere from like small, like the the basement in Columbus. You know I that? I don't know if I know that spot. That, it, you know the LC Pavilion. Like the big outdoor venue, and then there's like, uh, a, yeah, I, I think I've been there's there. There's like once. an indoor ver- version of the room, and then there's like a bar next door with like a 300 cap room underneath. Okay. And, you know, it was like sometimes they were as small as that, but they were all like packed or sold out. Yeah. And then Chicago, New York, and LA were more like 900 to 1200 tickets sold out. And, but regardless of the show, ev- everybody knew every word. Kids yeah. were freaking out. Like you could tell that energy right. was the cusp of the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, they were just really fortunate to have made the right record at the right time. Um, and, and, and the label has been super supportive because during that transition from doing really well in the small sense to becoming crazy huge, um, I actually ended up tour managing for a couple of tours during that transition period. Um, and so I got to know the label pretty well and they've been crazy supportive and like super nice. I had a chip on my shoulder with major labels from, Stray Light Run because we signed to a major and we were like, I mean, basically before the record came out, they were like, we don't know what to do. It's not working at radio. Uh-huh. And we were like, we we gave you the record before we signed and we were like, here's the record. And whatever. It, it was just a silly sort of thing where nobody was really communicating honestly. Yeah. So we signed a deal we shouldn't have. Like we believed something. I don't know how the label would have wanted to sign us knowing that radio was really the only thing they had, even though they said it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I had this really like negative sort of chip on my shoulder about major labels and and I wanted to be like, oh man, they were doing the you know, phone was doing so well, they didn't need a major, they were doing it all themselves and they were doing so well. Yeah, they should have got and then everybody at the Damn. label, everybody I met, everybody in the radio staff, everybody was great. Mm-hmm. They all did their job. They all respected the band and their artistic choices. They let them do weird stuff when they wanted to do weird stuff. And yeah, like I keep in touch with them, you know, even when yeah. I'm not working, like I see them when they're in LA, when I'm in New York, I stop by the office. It just feels so far. And I want to be this like punk kid that hates majors, but, uh, but the field of Atlantic staff, they're just, they've been really cool. Like, yeah. Whoops. Do they know Allison? Um, they should. <laughs> they definitely should. Maybe we should work. I think she's working on a new record. So maybe. That's what I hear. Yeah, maybe we can, maybe we work that out. There you go. Make it happen. Yeah. This is the part of the show where we break into song. This is the part of the song where we change the chord. This song's done. Oh boy, we're really phoning it in this week. Uh, what is, uh, so what's been like, has anything, have you got to do anything being in that scenario now that uh, has been like something you kind of always wanted to do that you hadn't done yet like as far as like playing a certain show or a right. country or yeah whatever. no i mean all of that i mean other than a few like i really for some reason i've never been but i always have have wanted to go to brazil like that uh-huh. south american tour sounds like that would be the awesomest thing that's one thing i didn't do but everything else it's like we've done like all these crazy festivals uh like saturday night live yeah that, that was that. with louis ck too yeah, right? yeah. It, yeah it wasn't even like oh we're playing with some weird person like i don't know even if they were awesome like i don't know gwyneth paltrow or something like yeah. she's cool like awesome but she's not but it's like, actually somebody you yeah, like, like right, right like yeah. louis ck like I, I get him a little bit you know uh-huh. although there are certain parts of him i don't but but yeah he's he's awesome and he was oh my god his monologue was so funny and the first yeah. the first time he did because they they run the entire show once uh 
and then they pick some skits to take out. Right, right. And then they run it live, um, which I didn't know because I'd never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his first monologue was like, he, I guess he wouldn't do it for anyone. He wanted it to be fresh. Uh-huh. So when he did it for like the warm up, like the dress rehearsal, it was like 23 minutes long or something ridiculous. <laughs> and they're like, um, yeah, so we're going to have you do it from like anywhere from five to seven minutes. So he had to cut it in like a third or something. But it was cool to be around things like that and see some of the skits that didn't air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Saturday Night Live, uh, festivals overseas. Yeah, like the amount of time we spent in Europe was amazing. Uh-huh. I had done Europe a bunch with, well, not Europe even. I With Straylight Run, I had done the UK. Actually, I done, did the UK with you. Yes, you did. Um, that was a really fun tour. Um, it was. Because I got to play twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was playing with uh, Zoloff uh-huh. opening. And I then forgot I about that. Straylight. Um, but yeah, so we had only done the UK. And actually, I think with you guys, we went to Ireland for the first time. I think we did. I think you're right. That we only ever that was the only time we ever went. Cool. Yeah, yeah that was a great show. That was fun. But um, yeah, so with, with fun, we started to do like mainland Europe, like some promo stuff and some TV shows. And then by like the next tour, you know, <clears throat> six months later, we, we were doing like all these crazy cities and like we had like off days in Bern, Switzerland, which is like now my favorite city. Uh, um, just yeah, like, I, li- I like Switzerland a lot. Yeah. Just crazy. Like, everywhere like playing playing shows in like portugal and you know like all the cities that i would want to visit um, yeah or or almost and then then we got to do some festivals in in asia and we've done japan a bunch of times which has been awesome like uh we did a festival in south korea um what did we do kuala lumpur i think we did a festival as part of like this australian festival that went to a couple of other Mm -hmm. countries um so yeah so it's it's been cool yeah, um, and then you know, and then shows in the U.S. are like Red Rocks. We did two nights at Red oh, Rocks. Oh, nice! And I never have never been. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'd never been, so it wasn't as big of a thing, but like, it's still pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of a, a legendary venue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that and the, the the we we did the Greek. I think we did two nights of the Greek in L.A. on that tour. I've still never even been there oh, after I, living here for several years. It's probably a fine place to see a show, but to, to, honestly, like, it was the weirdest show on that tour. It was like. Somehow, you, you know how some shows are quiet? Uh-huh. I think, you know, the fans were there. It was sold out. that The fans were cheering. They were excited. But it just didn't sound loud. So yeah. it lacked the intensity of other shows. And we had just played um, Berkeley. And they had the, the Greek in Berkeley, they have a, a Greek theater as well. Mm-hmm. And that show was the craziest, loudest. I, I think it was just not the people were loud, but just the geometry of the room, the way the room, uh-huh. the room, it's an outdoor venue, but you know what I mean? The, the, the stadium seating, the way everything is laid out, it's just a really loud environment. And it was like the craziest, best show. And then the next day we were in LA and it was like, oh my God, this is terrible. What did we do wrong? How did we, <laughs> is this it? I mean, I think people actually, maybe jokingly, but maybe not, were thinking that that was like the, the, the turning point in their career like uh-huh. after the show we were like okay so is that it like is it <laughs> it was a good run while it lasted but i right, guess right. you know yeah those time. those shows are uh and was it one of the, like you could tell right away yeah like absolutely. It, yeah those are the worst yeah it was just quiet i remember <laughs> playing a college show once uh in i think we were in mississippi which is just like right. a place you never go anyways mm. And, uh, it was, it was, you know, 
a college show, so it was, of course, in, like, way too big of a gym. Yeah. And, like, a good amount of kids showed up, but it was still, like, it looked like no one was there because the gym was so big. And uh, it was that kind of thing where, like, the second we started playing, it's like, oh, it's one of these. Where, like, Mm -hmm. all these kids are here. Not to see, they're here because it was a free event at the school. Oh, my God. I just remembered, as soon as you said that, it just, I don't know if we were on that tour, but... We did that college, uh, the uh-huh. campus invasion tour. It might yeah. have been part of that, or it, this was a this was a different but, thing, but but a very similar idea that yeah, yeah like playing hockey arenas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tour like, that tour was real strange. That was it was you never knew what each day was going to be because right. some of the shows were great and yeah. some of them were like this, where it's just it was something to do for the college. Kids. The worst part of those is that very rarely do I get in the, that environment and play a show where it's actually a bad show. Uh-huh. I mean, I've played plenty of bad shows. Uh, probably more bad shows in my life than good shows. Well, maybe maybe I'm turning that around as I get older. Maybe I'm getting a little upping my average. But a lot of those shows, there could be like 500 kids, and they're stoked. Uh-huh. But you're in this hockey arena because yeah. that's all the college has available. Mm-hmm. Or which, like yeah, which they, they want twelve thousand people. Exactly, and there's five hundred people there. The energy dissipates in such a way that that you can't have a good time. Like the yeah, the crowd feels awkward. Like getting excited mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's it, awkward it's, yeah it's awkward for everyone there it's just a weird thing and it's like it sucks but it's like if we played like the college bar down the block and all these kids came it would yeah. be bonkers like uh-huh. people, the walls would be sweating people would be like hanging from the rafters and it would be the best thing and all of our souls would be slightly rejuvenated yeah but instead we're just going through the motions in this giant cavernous hockey arena yeah and that was what was so weird about that specific tour is because it was a month of colleges Mm -hmm. every day and it but it was all over the place like sometimes we would be in the hockey arena but then another time we'd be in like a like small conference room or something somewhere and it was just like every day was a mystery yeah Yeah. that's actually funny i had a i had a great time on that that tour i was actually tour managing on that tour as well Uh uh-huh and um the tour production was great and everything was everything was awesome Twenty Fun did a similar college tour, and I was so excited. I was like, "Oh my god, you guys! It's going to be great." I did one of these. Like the tour is going to have its own tour manager, so our life is going to be super easy, uh-huh. and like you know, the rider is going to get taken care of every day, and blah blah blah. And and this tour that we did, it was just the complete opposite. The tour manager of the entire tour, I didn't get along with him at all. Whereas uh-huh. Jeb, who was on yeah. our tour, was I amazing. Yeah, and the fact that I was playing and tour managing. Like I think that he and a lot of the the crew really respected that. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, you're doing double duty, like, and you're here on time, and you're like loading your shit, and you know, and you t- you you get off the stage when you're supposed to, you get on the stage, and it was great. I felt like there was really camaraderie, and on this tour, it was like, it was just like pulling teeth to get anything done, and I don't know. <laughs> I was so bummed because I was so excited from that tour. Yeah, I was like man, and I like hyped it up to everybody. I was telling everybody how great it was going to be. Oh, it's gonna be so good. We'll do like after show barbecues. Yeah, that was the best part of it. Right. And we did that every night. Yeah, we did that all the time. And then at this tour, it was like they wouldn't let they were like, your load in is at four PM. So we don't want to see you in the venue prior to that. So we weren't allowed to go to catering at breakfast. And uh-huh. sometimes I think even at lunch, maybe we weren't allowed to do catering. And it was just so weird and regimented. Yeah. And I'm like, we're in a bus. We show up at nine AM just like you guys do. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Like, I know. That is the bad thing about those college shows is there is 
generally nothing to do during the daytime yeah. unless you're going to like take a cab somewhere right you are you are just in the middle of a campus and there's not a whole lot to do right actually that's one good th- it was after this tour but uh fun towards like the last big tour that we did we uh we actually got a scooter that we attached to the back of the bus uh-huh. and it was pretty awesome nice being like a motorcycle guy it was like like can i take the scooter and everyone's like sure I would just be literally, I mean, all day long, I'd just be like cruising around town, especially like in the middle of nowhere or, you know, when you're in like a city, but you're not in a city, you're like yeah, 20 yeah. minutes outside. Totally. I would just be cruising all over. On the- yeah, that that would make all the difference. Yeah. Because, yeah, some of those days are pretty brutal. Like that was, that tour was about a month, but while the nighttime was fun when there was the show <laughs> and then we'd do the barbecue afterwards, those days were very long. Right. Yeah. Not much to do. No. Felice Navipod will be right back. Hey, do you like to buy things? Of course you do. We all do. You know where a great place to buy things is? Amazon.com. Wait, no. FelizNavipod.com. Go there. Go to the Amazon banner at the top of the page. And then just go shop on Amazon like you always would. And then a portion of what you purchase will go to support the show. We thank you. Now do it. And now, back to Feliz Navipod. From what from what I've gathered from you, not not a big Christmas fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. At, at first, I was thinking about uh, pulling my collar to the side and going, ooh, um, which doesn't translate. Um, but oh, but yeah, we but can get into you're not Christmas. wearing. But you're wearing. You're not wearing a collar. Remember? Yeah, I you? know. But theoretically, I, was, yes, I would have pulled. My collar, yes. But yeah. No, I have very little clothing yes. on right now. Okay, so Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is there a thing that is there a or do I mean, you just bring it up in general. Well, you know, that's just that's uh, we we talk about it on here, and uh, you know, I kind of just like to hear like to hear the thoughts on it, and uh, if there's specific memories that stand out, good or bad. Okay. Um, but uh, so overall, what you're you're not really a, not a Christmas guy. I'm, I'm not a Christmas guy. I'm not a big fan of Christmas. Um, typically not a fan of religion in general well no neither am i um, but I, I i love christmas i love the other side I don't, it has nothing to do with religion well for here's me. the thing my for me christmas has the religious component which i dislike and it has like the consumerist component uh-huh. which i dislike severely those are two things that i'm very like like i'm anti-religion i mean there are certain aspects i don't want to be like negative but there are certain aspects of religion that are positive uh-huh. um, and when find people find like strength or, or anything through you know whatever means they have it's great like, I'm sure that it's saved some people's lives. You know, right. it's turned them around. Yeah. You know, whether they were into, like, drugs or crime or they, like, you know, they were just, like, low self-esteem. They were in a bad spot in their life and they found religion and it turned it around. Great. But personally, I think that's, like, unfortunately taking the uh, the credit away from them because I feel like it's really they mm-hmm. who... that You can use in whatever excuse you want or, like, whatever reason or if, you you know, if there was, like, a a goal that you had if you're doing something for your daughter or if you're doing something for religion or if you're trying to make your parents proud or something but you're still doing it anyway so so there's that element if it's positive in your life that's great but i think it's more you than it yeah anyway so then there's like the consumerist side i just feel like there's so much pressure around the holidays especially christmas like every i feel like every religion has that like winter holiday where you give somebody gifts mm mm-hmm. Um, like you'd have the Hanukkahs and things like that. And it's like, oh, you're giving gifts for eight nights, but it doesn't seem as big of a deal as Christmas. Christmas makes people fucking crazy. (laughs) 
like uh, I grew up on Long Island, and it, I don't know if it was like 10 years ago now, but there was one point, and now it, I feel like it happens regularly, but these like Black Friday Christmas, Yeah, sales. Christmas is every year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. have that uh-huh. in Chicago yeah, and LA? Year. Okay, yeah, I thought it was a Long Island, like a nope, New York nope, thing. No, that's not a Long Island thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was maybe. Um, but uh, the thing that I think happens more often now is that like somebody got trampled to death. Yeah, at you a know, Walmart those, or yeah, a Kmart, those, like Black Friday maniacs. That seems right. to be and a... it. It blows my mind that people want you know fifty bucks off of flat screen TV. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't be like concerned about money or uh, finances. I, I'm like fanatical. Like I yell at my friends about credit card debt. I mm-hmm. studied economics. I have a degree in econ. So like uh, financial and fiscal responsibility is a huge thing for me. So I think I love saving money, mm-hmm. but like. The consumer side, it's like you don't need that TV. You don't need that new iPad. Yeah. You don't need these things. And <coughs> it just seems like Christmas has become like some crazy excuse to sell shit that people don't need to people that don't have the money. Yeah. And then it feeds into like credit and debt, which is another huge problem. So, uh, and then and then on the social side of things, it, it creates the obligation where it's like it's Christmas. So you have to get someone something. They're going to get you something. So you can't mm-hmm. not get them something. And then there's pressure on both sides. But like, what do, we, what do I get them? And how much do I spend? And they don't even... Like a lot of times it gets to the point where people don't care or they just have to match financially to prove that they will care about someone. <laughs> and even if someone doesn't want something from someone, if they don't get it or if they get something that's less, then they worry like, does this person not care about me? Because I only got this, and my friend got this from her boyfriend. Or, mm. It's just a weird, like, the obligation and the pressure and the depression that comes along with it. Just so many negative things. I should probably stop now, because it's, like, <laughs> the reason you named your podcast this. But I mean, you're not, you're not the first person that's been on that is not a big fan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Right. But, you don't, you know, you don't have to get caught up in that stuff. It's true. And I don't get caught up in that stuff. I just I just enjoy all of the other things about it. I, you I know. mean, f- people coming together, like uh-huh. holiday parties, like getting yeah, to see exactly. the family, having a big meal, like those things are cool. Yeah, and see, that's that's and that's the side of it that that I celebrate. Right. And uh, you know, there's uh, yeah, it's just it, there's just something for me. There's something about it that is just yeah, like. I mean, it does make certain people, I'm guessing you, grumpier, <laughs> but but some people, like me, I feel like I get, like, excited and feel happier, and I just, when I look around and see, like, the decorations and all that, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm a big sucker for it, not gonna right. lie. No, there, I mean, the, yeah, and there are, there are legitimate, um, like, there are legitimate, like, festivities, like, uh-huh. uh, there's, like, a festive feeling that you can get. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's great, but I again I think it's it's similar to religion in that people are happier because they think they're supposed to be happier at that time. But I feel like people can really be as happy as they want to be. Like they should just be happy all the time. Life is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like it, there's just like a million reasons to be excited and to be happy and to be grateful. Um, you know, just every time I walk outside, I'm I'm like, oh, the weather is ridiculous. I'm, I'm, it's been a year since I've been out here, and I still appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I was on tour with Allison Weiss um, this, this past fall, and we were in a really pretty brutal van accident. We actually rolled yeah. the van. And ever since then, I've really been trying to keep a hold on that sort of, uh, I don't know, there's a little bit of, like, fear 
mm-hmm. like or that like that adrenaline that kind of courses through you and when something like that happens and you're like oh, oh my yeah. god am i okay i am okay and then that gratefulness you know that gratitude where you're like wow that could have went completely differently yeah absolutely i i saw the pictures that was yeah that had to have been terrifying yeah and and it's just like little i mean not little things because that's not a little thing but it i don't know how it relates i'm trying to make the analogy but like there are certain reasons that we have in our life for for becoming more aware of our gratitude and how lucky we are Mm -hmm. to just have our friends and our family and our health and i feel like christmas is one of those things where you're like reminded about those things Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know, I don't want to be down on it because anything, like I said earlier with religion, anything that inspires you to remember that, to appreciate things, to come together with your family, to do the right thing, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it would just be so much better if everyone just did it all the time. Like, I don't disagree with that. Maybe we have to kill Christmas to have Christmas all the time. You know what I mean? That's what this podcast is for. Christmas all the time. I know, but, <laughs> but if Christmas just happens once a year, you can't have it all the time because people... They, they get up for Christmas and then they think they have to be down for the rest of the year. If we remove Christmas, then we can just be like, you know what? I love my friends. I love my family. I like eating food. Like, let's hang out. Let's get together. Let's tell people how much we appreciate them being in our lives. Mm-hmm. It could happen all the time. Good. I like, I like part of how you're thinking. Tony, <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you too. And it's, and it's February. <laughs> It is February. Uh, well, do you, do you have any, uh, like, do you have a specific uh, Christmas that, like, stands out, though, that, that you're like, that that was a, uh, a good one? And a I, nice I, Christmas memory. It's okay if um, you don't. But. I, do, I, I'm a, I have a really terrible memory, so I'm at a disadvantage. Um, but, I, I don't know, I mean, I guess, oh, okay, here, here's the Christmas memory. Um, my parents used to host, uh, I forget what they called it. But it was like a Christmas grab bag. Some people call it... I don't think it's Secret Santa. I think Secret Santa is different. But this is one where everybody brings a, a gift and throws it into a pile and you pick numbers and then you uh, start picking randomly. Right, right. And then you can steal from other people if you have yeah, a later number. the white elephant Oh, thing. maybe that's yeah. it. Um, so that was kind of... That was always fun because there were a few things that were like corny and cheesy and like joke, like gag gifts that yeah. showed up and then they kept coming back. Right. And that was always kind of a nice thing to see like... You'd have to remember from last year who got it uh-huh. and hope that they came back because maybe it's somebody who like, you know, like somebody's cousin like or a cousin of a cousin or someone's friend who wasn't there. But if they did come back, you have to like remember who it was and like, did you see them put it in or what? Is yeah, this yeah. shape, like, is this box the right shape? Do I know what's in there? Uh-huh. And if so, do I want to get it because it's funny and everyone's going to laugh and cheer or do I want to not get it because I want something like, do I really want that calendar? Yeah. Or something else awesome, like right. in the awesomeness that can occur from like a $3 gift. Uh-huh. Yeah. People still buying calendars? I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what would go into a right. grab bag. Well, especially, sort of... especially, you know, as younger. But yeah, as you said, calendars. I was like, yeah, those are, they're hanging on somehow. Yeah. But somebody's buying them. I think there used to be a store at the mall. That yeah, had, they would like usually. a calendar store. Yeah, there's usually like those kiosks like in, oh, in the mall. Were, maybe like, they were down. I, I'm pretty sure growing up, I remember there being an entire fucking store <laughs> with calendars. <laughs> I may be making it up. I don't know. No, I, I think you're right. And how does that survive all year long? I don't know. Maybe it's like a, maybe it turns into like other things seasonally. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's the, like the Halloween, you know, the costume store. Like, right. What the hell do they do the rest right, of the year? Right, right, right. I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, well, uh, something else that uh, I do about, on, involving Christmas here, and I, something kind of fell in my lap as I was doing a little bit of is research. It, is it Christmas trivia? Uh, not this time. Okay, good. Uh, but I constantly am on the search for some terrible Christmas music, and there's okay. tons of it out there. Cool. And so let's check out. I think some... I'm not going to be embarrassed because as you're saying that, I'm like, wait, did one of my bands ever do a Christmas song? <laughs> no, this has nothing to, do think... with, nothing to do with you. Okay. But this is some terrible Christmas songs and it has a terrible theme song. And it goes like this. All right. So we are fresh off the Super Bowl. Yes. And uh, I found out that in 1985 the Dallas Cowboys released a Christmas album. I may remember this. Really? Yeah. I'm guessing this must have been like somewhat of a response to the Super Bowl shuffle because that was also in 1985. So I feel like was football teams decided they should start making music. Was the refrigerator Perry in the Super Bowl shuffle? Was He was active at that time? Yes. He, I believe he was a rookie that season. Ooh. Yeah. That, that's, that sticks out in my memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh so yeah so christmas with the dallas cowboys is a record that exists uh and it's actually on spotify which shocked me i thought it was gonna be one of those things i just had to like find youtube clips of but nope spotify has it and uh so let's just let's get a couple of samples here and uh i know this is shocking that uh, this song live in the american dream it's gonna be shocking that this is from the 80s here we go sound 80s at all. We are the American dream. I don't know I don't know why this is on a Christmas album. Liberty Bell thrown out some uh, oh, yeah. to, your, to your home state there. Philadelphia. <laughs> Our great, great nation's first capital. There's, there's a lot of instrumental sections. This is as far as I've made it into the song. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll let the American dream go to rest on that. But yeah, it's pretty. Impressive. How was that for you? <laughs> I, I think there's a chance you might be turning me around on Christmas. <laughs> I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I understand. I'm feeling a little more jolly. That's that's good. Well, if that uh, if that's let's let's keep going for you then. Let's check out. Uh, I don't want to be home for Christmas. It's putting a Ooh. spin on things here. It's getting dark. You might be wondering why don't they want to be home on Christmas? They're going to tell you. Big on intros. And Is it because of the Super Bowl, maybe? The playoffs. 
the losers. That line does not flow very well. Time breakdown. Uh, <laughs> bringing a new a new meaning to halftime. Oh, there mm, you go. Yeah, there's a pun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that this exists, and I think I think there's going to be a big sur- a surge in sales of uh, the Dallas Cowboys Christmas album thanks to. Uh, oh, he's been distracted by some weird percussion in the room. This is bizarre. Yes, it is. My girlfriend got that for me a few years ago at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> I Okay. It looks like I I want it to be naturally occurring. I guess it's not that interesting since we're doing a podcast, but I picked up this weird looking stick that has these little um, I don't know. It's a shaker. Mm-hmm. It, I, can, I mean, I'm you not can gonna, call them balls. Little balls. balls on the stick. Uh, it's like a wishbone and each fork has three balls that are impaled. And it sort of almost looks like a naturally occurring thing that would happen in, like, uh, Mordor or something, <laughs> you know, something very medieval, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, post, I'll post a picture of it for the Excellent. For the Excellent. This is multimedia. This. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an experience, we like to call maybe it. Maybe someone could name it. It could be interactive. Not, Ooh. like, make up a name, but maybe someone knows maybe what the so. traditional name is. Maybe there's some big... Uh, renaissance fair attendees that will uh will know what that thing is because i don't know what it is and yeah maybe it's like mid-millennia uh there's some some music aficionado that knows music history <laughs> let's hope, write us when. tweet us at felice navipod uh got one more i wanted to play for okay. you i know you're excited because who <laughs> we've talked many times on the show in the past that is there a single version of the 12 days of christmas that is not terrible okay it's it's a so terrible song you, no matter who does do it do you right? think you found it um uh i think we we finally found the one let's, let's i'm gonna i'm gonna uh skim past so we'll get the full experience of all 12 days at right, the end right. instead of the build-up that takes too long because that's most of the problem with the song uh well one of the problems <laughs> with the song uh so here we go the Dallas Cowboys. And a new On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve surfing cowgirls, eleven quarterback sacks, two thousand yards, nine million fans, eight touchdown passes, seven one-hand catches, six interceptions, five Super Bowl rings. We knew they were going there. Four concussions. Did they reference four concussions and two front teeth? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah, throwing out a little concussion humor in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? I guess you got to respect how free 
people were at different times <laughs> yeah. to say offensive things. Uh-huh. They didn't know uh, how topical that would eventually become. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> impressive. So, yeah. Everybody hop to buy Christmas with the Dallas Cowboys. Great, great find. Uh, so, you're welcome, Will. I know... I know that, uh, you know, you're on the fence. Not even on the fence, but now you're on the other side of that fence for Christmas. Thanks to the Dallas Cowboys. I, I hopped the fence. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, well, uh, a, a random thing that I've been throwing at people okay. now toward the end is, uh, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but uh, my my good friend Dave Clock, who's been on the show, he his, his two favorite things in the world are sandwiches... And hockey. Okay. So much so that he, a friend, made a big patch for his jacket that says sandwiches and hockey. So lately I've been asking people, if you were to have a big back patch for your jacket, what would your two things be? Uh, let's see. Well, I would like to first say that I'm not good with superlatives. <laughs> and I'm taking my headphones off because it sounds crazy. Um, and I don't like that. So, yeah, I'm not good with superlatives. I've, I've never been great at saying my favorite or the best. That's all right. Um, I'm also not good with commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As far well, it's not as, a tattoo. Right. You could change this patch at some point. I, I know, to. but the, all the sewing. <laughs> and uh, Someone, Someone's going to make it for you. Yeah, the obligation, though. <laughs> someone's doing a favor. Then it's like, do I return the favor? You know what I mean? Like uh, It's a Christmas gift. Ugh, they're even worse. <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know. Um, sandwiches are pretty good. I don't know. I think pizza would beat out sandwiches. If mm. I had to, if I had to pick similar things, yeah. Like if if I'm gonna use that as my excuse or as as your template, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna give myself some boundaries. Uh huh. And I will. My pizza is to his sandwiches. All right. As uh, can the can the other part of my it can be whatever you can want, the other Will. part of my patch say no sports <laughs> is that that's, that's what you want this is your I would patch. also I would also in addition to destroying Christmas I would like to end competitive sports if possible uh, but then that removes the Dallas Cowboys and their great Christmas album no well you would think that but it also frees them up to explore to explore a musical music career. career oh fair enough I like that yeah this could not just be one album from 1985 it could be. I mean, between the 20 or so players on the team for the past 30 years? A lot of music. A lot of hits. It's actually 53 players per team. What? Yeah. Who so, needs that many players? I mean, guys get hurt all the time. All those concussions. <laughs> you got to have these replacement guys teeth. in there. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> need so, backups. So pizza and no sports. Pizza and no sports. I'm going to go with that. All that right. would be a pretty cool patch. <laughs> I please, please, uh, please get that. I would like to see that. <laughs> I'm not going to get that. It's not going to happen. Fine. Um, well, Will, it was great to see you. Likewise. Thanks for coming by. Uh, no anything coming up that you would want to plug or anything? Um, plug, plug, plug. Uh, I have a punk band with my friend Dave Smallin called The Human Heart. We have no music on the internet. But right. we're very excited about it. Have you, have you played any shows yet? Nope. No. Are we're you just, going to soon, hopefully? Maybe. <laughs> you maybe. just want people to know that it exists. Totally. Yeah. It's it's funny. I move out to LA, 
And then like all I'm interested in doing is things that relate to punk rock and have like no mass appeal. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just like, let's get together and write some songs. Oh, are you doing any songwriting or producing? And like, it's all pop. It's all like everybody has this. I don't know. It changes to like, I guess maybe we're just getting old and everybody just wants to get paid. Mm -hmm. But I'm like such a contrarian that all I want to do is be in like, like a gritty, shitty punk rock band and play like a basement somewhere. Right. Goals. The gritty shitty dirt band. There's your there's change your name. I could. <laughs> but I don't want to. You hate my ideas. I, I mean I don't hate. Hate is a strong word. <laughs> Fine. I don't think it's you know, I just don't think it's right at this time for this well, particular project. Sleep will you at least sleep on it? I will sleep on it. Okay. That's all I can ask. Yeah. Okay. That's a good compromise. All right. Good. Uh Will Noon. Good yeah. to see you. Thanks like so much this. for coming by. My pleasure. And uh, hey, Merry Christmas. Oh, thanks, Tony. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> All right. Will Noon. Thanks for coming by. Thank you guys for listening. Will gave you kind of some plugs, uh, but I'll just throw in he's at Will Noon on Twitter, and I'll tell you once again, I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. I think he's at Will Noon on Instagram, too. You do the, you do the work. Why would I do that? Uh, the usual stuff, you know. Uh, the show is also at Felice Navipod on Twitter. Um, and keep on leaving those iTunes reviews if you could. Not many of you did, so let's get them going. Um, I got nothing really else to plug right now. I'll keep telling you Puppets Understand, now in the Nerdist YouTube channel. Uh, I've still been filling in a bit on Never Not Funny, so uh, check those recent episodes out. Taped a fantastic one today uh, coming out soon. That's all I can tell you. Uh, look for it next week. Not Thursday, but next Thursday. Um, I think that's really about it. Um, I'm going to say um a lot just make you guys listen to it um thank you for listening that's it oh christmas december 25th mark your calendar uh so that's gonna do it i've been tony thaxton that's been rigby and as always we wish you a merry christmas from felice night